Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The Joe Pag Show. To talk to Joe, call 888-941-PAGS. And now, it's Joe Pags. Great to have you. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Lots going on, lots to get to. It is the Joe Pag Show this hour. It is going to be Allison Royal at the bottom of the hour. She's an independent journalist who is out there really doing the work that journalists should be doing. She uncovers a book that is available in as young as elementary school, which is graphic about sex, and it's graphic about gay sex, and uh, not that it should be there should be any graphic sexual book in any any school, even through high school. But this is happening. When she started questioning, hey, is it in your library or not? Uh, the answers she was getting are pretty interesting. Make sure you stick around for that. Cray News with Kay coming up next hour as well. We appreciate you stopping by. It's the Joe Pag Show for your Monday. That's the Motown Monday. That is Carrie Lockie. How you doing, Chocolate Voice? I'm okay. Just okay? Yeah. Huh. All right. Huh. 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 I know it'll make you happier if I sing a little bit. No, not really. Huh? No. You sing, sing, yeah? Yeah, I don't know the words at all. Actually. Played this for 15 years. <laughs> I know you say shotgun. You know what I mean? Come on. No. Sing it, Carrie. No. 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 You're not singing it either. What? You do I'm singing the words. Mm. You have no clue. Uh, I do. You're not. Everybody, let's go. Shotgun. Nailed it. See that? I knew the mm, shotgun part. You got one word, right? You make your head like that. Please turn the song off. I'm gonna make that your profile, but I make that your picture on the website. Come on. No, do that. That's the look you're normally giving me on this show. The stank face when you sing uh-huh. like that. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. So what do you what do you mean sing like that? I nailed it. It's mm-hmm. not good. Shaman Mountain Baby. You just no, you just fill it in. No. You fill it in, Carrie. Right. That that sound sound right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think those are actually the words. No, it's not. Pretty sure it's not. Flab of me, Nana. I think that's actually the way it goes. Hey, what, what are the words? Go ahead. Oh, I don't know. You know the song. Oh, exactly right. So you don't know but what I, I know said it's not right that. Not. You're not even saying any words. I'm, def- I'm saying words. Sounds. If you were hip, you'd know the words mean, hey, let's dance, girl. That's what it means. What? No. No idea. 888 pags 888-941-7247, JoePags.com. Um, the saying is, si se puede. And I think, pretty sure, it means yes, we can. I believe the First Lady Jill Biden said, Padre. Si se padre. 
I think that's what she said some months ago. Today, big whoop to do the first lady who is, she's got a PhD, Carrie. What is that in? Uh, education. Wow. So she's an educator. Mm-hmm. She should be able to learn one word and say it right. You would think in another language, right? Right. Not so much with Dr. Bill, Jill Biden. I was going to call her Bill Jiden. Uh, but see, when I mess it up, I know it. When she messes it up, not so much. Um, she was in San Antonio today. Do me a favor. And again, for those who don't know, our home base, our flagship station, WOAI, is in San Antonio. We've been here. Carrie's been here like 70 years. I've been here 17 years now. Mm, about 25. Uh, approaching 18. Sure. Yeah, we're getting it done, making it happen. So um, she was in town today. Can you tell us what she was doing? Some some yep. Latinx or Latinx or something? Yeah, a Latinx conference. This is from the Houston Chronicle. First Lady Jill Biden addressing a room full of Democratic donors and elected officials at a San Antonio fundraiser Monday. Said Democrats need to shore up discord within the party and emulate the unity shown by Republicans when they oppose gun restriction laws. Republicans, you have to admit, stick together no matter what it is, even if it's choosing, which I really don't understand, choosing to stick together on a weapon that kills our children, Biden said. We've got to be a little bit better as Democrats, and I feel that a lot of times we're fighting one another on degrees of something. And Biden's comment came at a fundraiser for the Democratic National Committee, hosted by a former DNC finance chair, Henry Munoz, at his home in Monta Vista. It was Biden's second stop on her Monday afternoon visit to San Antonio after she addressed the annual conference of Unidos U.S. Latino Civil Rights Organization at the Hyatt downtown. The First Lady did not cite a specific issue hampered by Democratic infighting, though major parts of the agenda championed by her husband, President Joe Biden, have run into opposition from moderate Democrats in the closely divided Senate. Since President Biden took office, Democrats have passed massive spending packages on infrastructure, climate change, and the social safety net, but failed to secure enough support for more ambitious versions of those plans, nor for federal overhauls of voting and gun laws sought by many Democrats. Wrapping up her remarks on Monday, Jill Biden also acknowledged the country's struggling economy, which has been hindered by inflation and high gas prices that experts largely attribute to the nation's transition out of the COVID-19 pandemic. I can answer questions, although please, God, don't ask me anything about the economy, she said, drawing laughter from the room. <laughs> Jill Biden's crazy. Uh, thank you, Carrie. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Yeah, so she's in town for some big Latinx or Latinx get-together. You know who doesn't like that term? Uh, Latin people. <laughs> you know what I mean, mm-hmm. Carrie? I mean, San Antonio is, I think, like 65% Hispanic. And... We're still, by the way, a, a the biggest talk show in in the in the area. So it doesn't matter whether you speak Spanish or not. They still are, by and large, conservative, and by and large, like what we do here, and we appreciate that. But most people who are Latin or Hispanic, or even I'll go as far as to say Latino, because when it's people that you don't know their gender necessarily, you say "oh" at the end. Uh, do not like the term Latinx or, or Latinx. They don't like it. Even AOC who doesn't agree with me on anything, doesn't like the term Latinx or Latinx. Carrie, you know plenty of Hispanic people. Mm-hmm. In fact, you've got Hispanic people in your family. Do they like the term Latinx or Latinx? Uh, not to my knowledge. Is anybody using that word that you know of? No. I mean, it's, it's just dumb. It is a, an attempt to pander and instead of saying, here's how we're going to make your life better, we're going to close the border, we're going to make sure that you're looked after, they're saying, hey, but we'll call you Latinx or Latinx. Now, I, I mentioned the Cise Padre, which is, it's, it's puede. 
uh, and it feels weird, puede, because it's not really like you would say something in English, um, but that's what it is. And to learn one word, I don't think it would be that complicated. Well, Jill Biden, while speaking at Unidos U.S., which I'm not really sure what that means, unite the U.S., even though we're separating ourselves by ethnicity, Jill Biden today thought she would talk about what makes different Latino communities or Latinx or Latinx, whatever the hell it is, communities unique. Carrie, did you hear her talking about the uniqueness of Latinx communities mm, today? I did not. Well, let me bring that for you then. If you'd like to watch this, stop by JoePags.com, click on Watch Now. Here is the First Lady, Dr. Jill Biden. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx... I'm sorry, what? Carrie, did you catch that? What are Bogodas? they Bogodas? Bogodas? The hell's a Bogoda? Uh, Let's try it again. Maybe Bogoda. you misunderstood. Maybe you misheard her. Here we go. That the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx... <laughs> She's trying to say Bodegas. I'm not oh, sure. okay. She's saying Bogodas. Bogodas. I, I, don't, I don't know. Okay. It's, Bogodas. I don't know if that's a word. And she's reading it even. Understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, <laughs> as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> <laughs> That's what San Antonio is good for, just some breakfast tacos. It's not the Alamo City where the freaking Alamo is. It's not the Riverwalk where the Riverwalk is. It's not the Spurs, which is, you know, a dynasty or was an NBA basketball. No, 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 no. It's not about Fiesta or Niosa, which is night in old San Antonio, which is a big deal. A lot of people come to, to go enjoy that. No, no, we're known for our breakfast tacos, Carrie. That, that's what San Antonio is unique for. Mm-hmm, okay. Because they don't have breakfast tacos in any other place where, where they have tacos. You know, tacos, I could be wrong, is something that is uniquely a Mexican food. It's not a San Antonio food necessarily. The breakfast tacos are fine in San Antonio. Don't get me wrong, they're good. But that is not what makes us unique. Would you Would you argue if somebody said, what makes San Antonio unique? Gun to your head. You'd say, oh, breakfast tacos. Well, no, I would not say breakfast tacos. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, just my opinion, just, but you know, I wouldn't I mean, go there. You know, just throwing it out there. Yeah. Those of you who are listening... In all parts of the country, including where they've got some pretty great breakfast tacos in California, got some pretty great. Well, listen, upstate New York, we had we had a breakfast tacos. Are they as good as San Antonio? No, but that doesn't make San Antonio unique. For God's sakes, who writes this crap? You know, she didn't write it. Come on, dude. That the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, that's gonna be bodegas. as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami. Right. And as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. Woo! She just wanted to clap for you. Woo! Woo! <laughs> so stupid. Sorry, I don't care if you're the farthest left San Antonian who can't hate Joe Pags more than you do. You know damn well that was stupid. That she, she talked about the uniqueness of our breakfast tacos in San Antonio. Come on, dude. Come on, man. It's, it's literally embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Yes, more embarrassing than Trump dropping an F-bomb. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. 888-941-PAGS. 888-941-7247. JoePags.com. Here's what I want. Carrie, are you going to say something? No. Mm-mm. 
Sound like you were going to say something. No. Okay. I, I, I just got the feeling you were going to yell at me or something. You going to yell at me? Ooh, no, not right now. Maybe later. Wow. Wow. Got that to look forward to. It yeah, means. that's awesome. Um, few things here. If you're if you're either Latin, Latino, Hispanic, whatever you're calling yourself, or you've got friends or family that are, do you use the term Latinx or Latinx? First thing. Second thing, don't you think that the the doctor of education should have learned the word bodegas before saying bogodas? Isn't Bogota the, the capital of Colombia? Maybe she's thinking of that. Mm, I don't think so. That would make, wouldn't make very much sense, though, would it? No, I don't know. What could be. I, don't, I don't think they have Colombia up in New York. They have they have bodegas, and uh, and also, do you think that it was appropriate to say that tacos somehow are unique to San Antonio? I I don't know. And again, you don't have to live in San Antonio to have a comment on that. But I'm just wondering, did she? To me, I don't care if you are like a flaming Hillary Clinton fan. To me, that was a horrible speech. And did not sound inclusive at all. It sounded stupid. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Your thoughts when we come back. Stay here. This is the Joe Pags Show. Glad to have you, Motown Monday, the Joe Pag Show, 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. Simple question, are you Hispanic or Latin in uh, in origin? And by the way, keep in mind, I consider myself a, a Latin person because I'm Southern Italian, and uh, they spoke Latin in the in the uh, Roman Empire, and I believe that, that that language ended up turning into Spanish and Italian, and of course, I mean, they're all rooted in Latin. I don't believe it, I know it. Um, but having said that, I'm not really sure why some are called Latin, some are not. Some are called Hispanic, some are not. A Hispanic, I think, does derive from being from España or tied to Spain somehow. Uh, Latin or Latino may be more of a later term, which is more about Central and South America. Um, even Mexico, part of that too, called, being called Latin America. Um, but even having said that, the fact that we used the Spanish word Latino was kind of interesting already. But uh, Hispanic makes sense. Latin makes sense. Latino, if you want to say it in, in Spanish, makes sense. There is no Latinx or Latinx. That's just kind of dumb. And certainly, you would think that the First Lady of the United States would realize that saying San Antonio is unique for, for tacos is kind of dumb. And just say bodega. It's not that hard. It's one simple word. The fact that she couldn't say it means something. 888-941-PAGS, 888-941-7247. I need to know if you're okay. The reason why they put the X on it, I mean, Carrie, it's, it's pretty pretty cut and dried, right? If you say Latino, that, that's masculine. It's a masculine word in Spanish. Mm-hmm. So to get rid of the masculine word and to seem more inclusive somehow, they change uh, the X. O to an X, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what they're doing. Um, in foreign languages, unlike in English, a word or an item is changed from masculine to feminine with an O or an A. 
If it's a cat and you don't know its gender, you call it a gato. If it is a cat and you know it's a female cat, it's a gata. It's just the way it is. Um, if you don't know the gender or if it's a group of people that has both genders, you use the O. Well, that's the patriarchy. <laughs> that's the problem. Carrie's the patriarchy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because if I use an O, that somehow denigrates women. You didn't know that? I did not know that. I wish you'd keep up with it. No, no, I should. By the way, right? welcome to San Antonio. Yes. Great breakfast tacos. Mm-hmm. And we do. We have very good breakfast Well, forget tacos the Alamo. Here. Forget the Riverwalk. Forget the Spurs. Well. <laughs> forget the climate. The tacos. Forget the nice people. Taco time. Mm. To me, it's almost a denigration of San Antonio. Does she not know that, you know, what makes New York great because of the bodegas San Antonio is great because of the Riverwalk. Why, why wouldn't you say that? I don't know. You don't want to say the Alamo. Why would you say the why. Riverwalk? don't know why. Who wrote that for her? Not sure. People are like, whoa, I really want to clap, but that was kind of weird. You know, they're like, it was kind of a smattering in there. 888-941-PAGS, JoePags.com. Let me go to the phone lines. Antonio, Las Vegas, talk to me. Hey, I love this subject because I teach Spanish. I am a first-generation Latino, Mexican-American. Nice. We do not call each other Hispanics. That's a government term that they uh, blanketed over all of us that have a Spanish last name. So if I tell my mom, hey, I met a girl, she says, oh, is she Latina? Is she Mexican? She never says, is she Hispanic? That's what white people call us. We call each other Mexican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, Guatemalan, but we don't call each other Hispanic, and we hate the word Latin X. Most of us don't need, most of my people don't even know what that is. Well, if you don't, Michael, I, I don't love a lot of time. Antonio, I want to ask you a couple of things. First of all, um, sure, the, sure, I, sure. No, I, I don't, don't say white people because a lot of Hispanics are white. Um, or Latinos, oh. sorry, are white. Sorry about that. No, there are black uh, Latinos, there are white uh, Latinos, there are in between Latinos, there are native Latinos, there are all sorts of Latinos. Latino is an ethnicity, it's not, it's not a race. So, so the whole white thing doesn't work for me. But having said that, explain the Hispanic thing to me. I thought it came from España, which is Spain. In, in Spanish, and if you rooted from España somehow, you became Hispanic, whether you're Mexican with, with Spanish roots or South American with Spanish roots. Why is Hispanic a bad word? Hispania was the island of what is now Dominican Republic. Um, no, I think, and, no, I think you're thinking of Hispaniola. Uh, I'm talking about España. The word for, right. Well, well, the word for, the word so for, for Spain is uh, España, right? Correct, but we, that, we don't not even in Spain they call they use the word España. It's Español. It's not a no. That's the Spanish. language. No, España is the word Spain in Spanish, right? Cor- correct. But I'm just saying us Mexicans yes. do not call each other Hispanic. Gotcha. We call each other Latino. No, but but it almost sounded Mexican. like you thought it was a cut. Then is it an insult? No, I don't. I'm not insulted, but uh, I I I'm just le- letting everybody know we don't call each other that. Gotcha. It, gotcha. It, no one. Asked they could call us that no one asked us if they could call us latinx they just started using that word and i said who, who said you can call us that no one no one asked us that and and i started explaining to my children that that came from the inclusive transgender movement and Good. i was reprimanded in school for that get out of here you got in trouble for telling them the truth i did come As on a matter of fact they did not renew my they didn't renew my contract and it was not specifically stated but that was a big reason because i answered questions that i thought i was telling the students the truth and they said 
don't talk about that. They don't need to know where that. So you, I just because I got to let you go, but I just want to make sure I understand. You basically got fired for telling the truth about Latinx. Correct. Wow, Antonio, I appreciate you calling in. Love talking to educators. I was, I was not arguing with them. I wanted to know the Hispanic thing, the Espa, España thing. The I know Hispaniola is, um, is Dominican and all that. It's out in the you know closer than Europe, obviously. And the root of the word Hispanic has been up for debate a bit. I just wondered if it was an insult, and clearly it's not. Okay, eight 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 nine four one Pags, JoePags dot com. Allison Royal, when we come back. Don't be an A dub. Stay with the Joe Pag Show. Great to have you along for the ride. Thanks a lot for stopping by. Always glad to have this young lady back. She's an independent journalist who was fired from her TV job because she decided she was not going to get the jab that I still haven't gotten. Allison Royal joins us again. Allison, how are you? Good to see you. I am great, Joe. How are you doing? Well, you are great. I agree with you. Um, So you still haven't gotten the shot? No, I can't say I've gotten a first, second, third, or fourth shot, but maybe the fifth shot we can reconsider. I'm waiting until number 10. Because at number 10, I'm going to be like, yeah, I better get it now. Uh, by the way, I'm 55. I'm not in the 40 and younger group that is almost zero mortality if they have no comorbid- comorbidities. I had COVID two weeks ago, kicked his ass with some ivermectin and a bunch of, uh, a bunch of uh, uh, vitamins. I don't understand why we're not treating this right other than it's about big pharma and people like Fauci getting royalties. This is all about money. Um, I'm glad that you stuck to your guns on that. Do you still hear from people at the TV station? That's so funny you mentioned it. Um, I know this is like a little bit off topic, but I was just talking to old friends who work in news all over the country today. And we were talking about the Hunter Biden story and just how huge it is. And I said, you know, are you going to cover this? Because this is a block material. Oh, yeah. This is huge. I mean, a sitting president's child is committing these crazy crimes and there's video of it, which is even crazier. So it really lends itself to TV. And all my friends in story pitch meetings say it either wasn't brought up or if you did bring it up, it was kind of you know, swept under the rug and they said, oh, you know, we don't want to stigmatize addiction or we don't know if these videos are real. Um, yes, we do. Go do this story, <laughs> you know, go do this story, um, go do this press conference about shots or go do this story about a dog getting caught in a tree, which is in some ways, I think, more valuable than some of the other corporate news stories. But uh, you're not going to see this on your A block and corporate news like ABC, NBC, Fox. They are not going to cover this. You're going to have to go elsewhere if you want to get the truth about this. And this is the president's family. Well, and the president's implicated. He allegedly calls him Pedo Pete. Um, he, he's the big guy getting 10% or 50%, depending on the deal. They've all, they've all gotten money from Russia, Kazakhstan, China, uh, from all over the place, uh, Ukraine. So, uh, of course, it's the biggest story on the planet. They're not going to cover it because they hated Trump that much, and they don't want to make Biden look worse than he already makes himself look every day. What's interesting is, and, and this is, again, off topic, but you, you brought up some of these videos that they're questioning. Of course, they're real videos. In one of the videos, he's allegedly buying crack from somebody who's, like, I think a street hooker, and, uh, and they're arguing about how much it's supposed to weigh, right? So um, I did a TikTok about that and, and didn't mention crack, didn't mention hookers, didn't mention illicit drugs. I think I called them ground-up cashews. They look like ground-up cashews on the scale to me. And after 10,000 views in about five minutes, TikTok took it down and said I was promoting drug use. So this is how nuts it is. There is a knee-jerk reaction right now journalistically through big tech, big media, big Hollywood, big sports, to cover their rear ends. You're experienced in news journalism, so am I. What do you think it's going to take 
for the for some journalist like you who is enterprising and said, I'm not going to do it, um, to say, look, I'm covering this story whether you like it or not. We have to cover this story. Well, they won't be able to work for corporate news and cover this. I really? mean, you've been in these story pitch meetings before. You, If you pitch a story like this, no matter how legitimate or relevant or current or important it is, or even nonpartisan it is, I mean, the object, even if this was a Republican president, I mean, look, if Don Jr. or Eric Trump did this, this would be on the news. Yes. No question about it. But we do cover-ups for families like the Biden family, the Bush family, several other prominent families. They have tremendous pull in this arena. So corporate news is not going to cover it. They're going to have to go out on their own. Anybody who pitches this in a story pitch meeting, I can speak from experience. It's quiet for about 30 seconds, and then they give you these the, some other story just to, you know, they're like, all right, you're going to go do this other story, right? That has yeah. nothing to do with anything even relatively important. So there's no way that any of these sources are really going to cover this. You're going to go have to seek out answers elsewhere. Go follow her on Twitter right now at Allison Royal TV, and she is verified. You know that that's her. Let's get into the story that you've been uh, investigating. Um, we know that there's some malfeasance going on in our public educational system. We know that. We see school board meetings that are getting more riled up. You're seeing school board members in places like San Francisco, of all places, kicked off the school board because they're too radical, too far left. Um, but we're slowly but surely, and maybe COVID was the, helped with this. Maybe that was the one good thing, that parents started noticing what their kids were being taught because they were being taught over the Internet in their own homes. And it, we're finding out about the literature, the books, the the anti-racist stuff, which is very racist, the CRT, the 1619 Project. But you've got a specific book that you're, at, that you're focusing on that is so illicit and graphic that you had to say something. Fill us in. So I think some of the best pseudo-journalists are moms. I mean, the best story tips that I get, like you mentioned, usually come from parents because they don't think like a journalist. They think like real people. And so they have real everyday questions that deserve fair answers. So I had a couple of moms reach out to me from different parts of the country about this book that their kids were getting in school called Flamer. It's a graphic novel by somebody named Mike Curato. And that was the concern. It's a graphic novel, but I mean, it's a graphic novel. And so in my report, I have a couple of pictures of some of the illustrations in the book. And it is definitely graphic. It's supposed to be this somewhat coming of age story about a boy who goes to summer camp. But there's a bunch of really intense sexual illustrations and like, you know, even consuming fluids, like just very out there stuff. I want to stop you for a second, if you don't mind. It's uh, Allison Royal, go to Allison Royal TV over on Twitter. You're going to go to her Rumble page and see the story and more. I want to ask you just about the title. When I was growing up, Flamer was a uh, derogatory term for a gay male. Is that what it refers to? Uh, I believe so, based off of flipping through the book myself. I didn't like sit down and read it. I understand. (laughs) Uh, I'm wondering what ages are seeing this? So it's interesting you bring that up. So if you go to the book's website, it recommends that this is for children 14 and over. And this is in several taxpayer-funded high schools all over the country, California, Tennessee, a ton in Texas. This book, I mainly got story or pitches from parents to do this story from Texas and different school districts, right? right. Uh, Virginia, right. like you name it, it's probably in your child's high school library. But over in Orange County in California, this was found in an elementary school library. Come on. And- But I will give the district credit Um, when I reached out to them about this. They were pretty swift to take action about this and review all the books in their libraries, make sure there weren't any other copies. And they didn't go too much into detail, but they did say that an employee was involved with that book being brought into the school and that that employee, for whatever reason, no longer works for the school district. I don't know if this person quit or if they were fired. But in some cases, there are elementary schools 
that have this book. And I would be pursuing this if this was a heterosexual sexual content book. Um, I, I just think very graphic material for children raises serious questions. And of course, you have the crowd coming out that says, oh, we can't ban books. But there is that area that we have to talk about. It's like, what's the difference between banning books and porn is bad for kids? Like, where's the line? Because I, I think there needs to be a line of like, if you're under 18, there's certain content. There isn't one. There isn't one for them, Allison, and this is the reason why I bring up the content. Um, it's Allison Royal, Allison Royal TV over on Twitter. You'll get her rumblings from there. And, and here's what I mean. Those that are pushing stuff like this think kids should watch porn. They think kids should be sexualized before they even go through puberty. Not that they should be sexualized afterwards. And, and here's the reason why I do find it important if the content is, is about gay men or gay males. Um, it's important because there's an LGBTQXYZ123 push in our society right now. And that push is to, for some reason, normalize things that aren't very usual or very normal. So for this book to even appear... I, mean, I I agree with you. There shouldn't be a graphic book about about male and female heterosexual sex either. You and I wholeheartedly agree. But this goes a step further because there are radical groups that are that have been trying to infiltrate our, our schools forever. Just look at the libs on TikTok and what they're exposing. I told my my first graders today about my husband and what we did this weekend. So I mean, they're really trying to normalize this to where kids say, "No big deal. You went to summer camp and you had sex with a guy." I mean, that is a big deal. Of course it is. So. That, do you see this? Do you see the delineation I'm making, or do you not agree? No, I agree with you. I think some teachers have these soapbox complexes, yes. right? There are some great teachers out there. You and Agreed. I know that there are some awesome teachers out there, but there are some teachers, and I even remember having some as kids that you know it almost felt like this was their day job, and they wanted to do stand up or they wanted to do TED talks at night, and it's like they have this audience of kids for a certain number of hours a day in desks that are required to sit and pay attention to them, or yes. they get. And some also, some teachers I feel like have this like perpetual childhood, like maybe they were groomed themselves and they want to like vicariously live through their students. It's, it's odd. It's creepy. Um, and again, it overshadows some of the awesome teachers that we have out there. It's uh, Allison Royal TV. Uh, go and follow her on Twitter. She's going to direct you to all of her links. Go check out this story. Great, great uh, reporting on this. Let me ask you this. Did they, did any of these school districts try to claim it was a mistake? Other than the elementary school, which you've already talked about, I mean, this isn't a mistake. They're purposely putting, and I've seen some of the pictures. This is extremely graphic, seeing what these two boys or what the male, the boy is doing with the, I don't know if the other guy's supposed to be an adult or what the story is. Doesn't matter. It shouldn't be in high school. None of this stuff should be in high school. I graduated at 17. I should never have been exposed to any of this in high school. I'm not even a, an adult in most places. Yeah, a lot of people graduated 18, and they're considered adults, but still, you want that material, get it elsewhere, not at school. Have there been excuses made now that it's been exposed that this horrific, graphically sexual book is in school? Yeah, it's kind of cringy watching people have to defend it. It's kind of like these drag shows, right? It's like if you want to go to a drag show and it's at a strip club, you need to be 18. If it's at a bar, you need to be 21. Objectively, there are some environments as a society we've just we've decided that like children, minors are not, it's not suitable for them to be there, but right. yet we have this culture right now where we're trying to justify it. And so watching people try to defend kids being in these very adult environments is very cringy. And that's what's going on with these books. You watch people trying to defend it. And again, like I would listen to an argument if somebody had an argument for, you know, curriculum and books and why a book should be there. I'm open right. to talking to anybody. Um, as a journalist, I like hearing other perspectives, but this is particularly cringeworthy. Some schools that I reached out to, they 
I think a lot of them, because I started looking into this a while ago, and a lot of them use the excuse for my public records requests and my media requests, like, we're really short-staffed over summer. It's going to take a long time to get an answer for this. And I, I get that they're stretched thin. I definitely understand that. But some of these schools, I feel like, really dragged it out. And I'm like, I have five different parents sending me pictures of this book in your library. Like, can you just have someone walk into the library, go to the section where it's alphabetized and see if that book is there or not. And they would give me these roundabout answers like, well, our catalogs change all the time to meet the different needs of our student communities. That's, right? That's not an answer. <laughs> and and you're, you're doing great in investigating it and uncovering all of this information. But what's interesting when you go back to the banning books question is, yes, of course you have age-appropriate books in a school library for people who are of a certain age that go to certain classes there. You want to talk about the public library? I don't want any book burning or book banning. I mean, I'm against that. But this isn't a public library we're talking about. We're talking to these, just to make sure those who are watching and listening understand, Allison, these are the libraries attached to public schools that parents and, and other residents are paying for. Absolutely. Yeah, these are these are high school, middle school, occasionally elementary school libraries, and then also just libraries in general. I mean, I did a search in Nashville, Tennessee, and dozens of libraries and most high school libraries have this book. I did one in San Diego County, and at least six public libraries have it in stock on the shelf right now, just little neighborhood libraries that are funded by the county and by the city that you can walk into. This book is, and it's always in the teen section or sometimes in the children's section, like even though there's very adult content in this book. I mean, adults can read about whatever they want, but I don't want my 12-year-old reading about this stuff. I couldn't agree with you more. Allison, uh, Royal TV, A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R-O-Y-A-L TV. Did, did I do all that right, Allison Royal TV? You sure did, A-L-L-I-S-O-N. Well, what's funny is I, I try to write your first name with a Y because there's a Y in your last name. That's how my brain works. I'm like, it's not Allison with a Y, is it? No, it's not. It's with an I in there. I'm going to put it on the screen again. You can go to uh, follow her now at Allison Royal TV. Uh, what's interesting about, about all of this is, and I'll make this leap to movies, movies do have a rating system. And you're supposed to not let somebody, unless they're 13, when it's PG-13. You can't mm -hmm. let them in uh, to, unless they're 17 or with a, a, I don't know if it still works this way, or with somebody there with them, a parent or a guardian who's an adult, if it's a rated R movie. You can't certainly go to a porn show or a rated X movie or some adult show if you're not an adult. And, and, and for some reason, we take all those rules and throw them out the window in school. And then we claim it's about the ability to, through the First Amendment, to express yourself as you want through literature. Well, you can. I can write a any book I want, it could be as nasty as I want it to be. It doesn't mean that you therefore have to expose kids to it. That's really what this is about, right? I completely agree with you. That's exactly what it's about. But people will try to spin the argument, I think, and try to make it about something else, you know, and say, oh, this is like Fahrenheit 451. They're going to be burning books out there. Last I checked, the people who are pushing to sexualize our children and give them agency are not very concerned about freedom. Imagine that. The opposite. That's oh, a great line. All right, look, let me ask you this last question before I let you go, and I appreciate the hard work that you're doing. Um, how are you being received when you go out there and cover these stories? And how is your life? Because you purposely gave up a nice TV life. I uh, was a TV news anchor, made six figures, decided I'd be dumb and go back and, and have an opinion on the radio. I'm doing better now, thankfully, but, but back then it was a hard decision to make. Um, how about that decision? You still feel good about it? How's life today? I definitely still feel good about it. I mean, it was it was a rough road in some ways. Obviously, I, I knew I was going to get fired because my company announced a vaccine mandate 60 days or so before they actually implemented it. So right. I knew it was coming. But no, I feel good about it. I mean, like, I hope to have five kids someday just like you. And I'm going to be able to look them in the eye and say I did the right thing, not the easy thing. Yeah, I love it. Uh, well, we'll keep that, that stiff backbone. I appreciate what you do. Anytime you're working on a story, you're welcome back here. Will people go and see, be able to, to see the video of this entire story when they go to your Twitter? 
Yes, it's it's less than 10 minutes long. I recommend parents check it out because parents, I know you're spread in so many different directions and you can't see everything that your kid's doing, but I try to make it easy to be a little bit more aware about some of the things that are in your kid's school. This could even be in private schools too. It's worth checking out. It totally is. And a lot of people don't even know that it's happening. Allison Royal TV over on Twitter. It's Allison Royal. Thanks a million. We'll, we'll talk to you again soon. Great to see you, Joe. All right, good to see you. We're back after this. Stay right here. This is the Joe Pag Show. Motown Monday on the Joe Pag Show. Appreciate you. Allison Royal TV is the um, the Twitter account. A-L-L-I-S-O-N-R-O-Y-A-L-T-V. That is the at on Twitter. Go follow Allison Royal. You'll see the links there to the uh, to the story she did on this book. And uh, no, these books should not be in um, elementary school, middle school, or high school. They should be something that should be available in libraries outside of school um, or at a higher education learning facility where you're an adult and you can make a good decision to consume this or not. Um, This book is very graphic. And it's, again, it's just another example of this push by radical segments of our population to try to change the value system in America. we got to stand up to it every single time, like I've been talking about with social media. You've got to stand up to it. You just have to. Uh, Let me, in the meantime, tell you about Super Beats. Super Beats are great. You've been hearing me raving about, ranting and raving about Super Beats for years and years and years now, well over 10 years. Um, look, it's, you probably have done a thousand cups of coffee or more energy drinks, sugary drinks, all sorts of stuff, candies to get you going. You could have avoided all of that. Had you gone and gotten yourself some super beat soft chews, these super beats, heart chews are good for your heart. They support a healthy blood, uh, blood pressure, a healthy blood flow and circulation, which is very, very needed to keep that energy and energy level up. If you haven't tried them yet, they're non GMO beets. And grapeseed extract, and they taste absolutely delicious. Forget the afternoon coffees, energy drinks, and candies. Go right now to the website they made for you because you listen to my program and made it easy for you to get started. I got you up to 45% off plus free shipping at joelovesbeats.com. Hurry up. It's their best offer available anywhere. It's joelovesbeats.com for up to 45% off. joelovesbeats.com. And many times people say, well, I went to that website. Where's the special? The website is the special. JoeLovesBeats.com, and you'll be presented with this up to 45% off that I'm talking about. Make sure you go and do that. Another big hour coming your way. We've got Cray News with Kay on a Monday, and we just had her on Friday, but last week was messed up because of Independence Day, so we got back on schedule today. So I have her at the bottom of the next hour. We also have other stories, including guns. I want to get into guns, what the Founding Fathers had to say about the Second Amendment and why what you're being fed today by big tech, big media, big Hollywood, big sports, they're all lying. I'll tell you what they really said when we come back. Stay here. This is the Joe Bag Show.